Well, let's look down, if you would, please, in Proverbs chapter 2. And, uh, uh, well, let's pray and we'll jump right in. Lord, bless now the reading of thy word. Help us to uh, teach and uh, properly uh, tie these scriptures together. Uh, kind of a heavy uh, lesson for tonight, but there's really no other time to teach it. Pray you'd help in Jesus' name. Amen. So here is Solomon. He is dealing with the right crowd and the wrong crowd. He is now pointing out to his son who's grown, Rehoboam, who will one day take over the, the, the country as king. He says, now son, he said, you're never going to be happy if you choose the wrong partner in life. If you get the wrong wife, you're going to have troubles. He could have been speaking to his daughter and said, if you get the wrong husband, you're going to have troubles. It's such an important decision. So notice what he says looking down in chapter 2 and verse number 12. He's talking about wisdom. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man. So there's two types of evil people listed in Proverbs. The evil man and the strange woman. Or you could say the evil man, the evil woman. There's evil men, there's evil women. And so he says, notice the character traits of this evil man. From the man that speaketh forward things. That word forward means rebellious or opposition, uh, going against their parents. He says, he, says, he, he says, wisdom will keep you away from the wrong men influencing you, the wrong crowd. And then he skips down to verse 16, to deliver thee from the strange woman. Now that does not mean she has three eyes, four ears, or I mean, man, that woman's strange, or, uh, you know, she's seven foot three or something. Uh, uh, the word strange there actually means foreign. It means someone you are not supposed to be with or have. It would also imply someone else's wife. So she doesn't belong to you. She's foreign. She's a strange woman. I mean, off limits. You are not supposed to be with her. It would be like telling a saved person, you're not supposed to marry an unsaved person. It's an unequal yoke. It'd be like telling a dedicated Christian who's wanting to date a non-dedicated Christian, that's an unequal yoke. And sometimes a very wealthy person, a billionaire, trying to date someone that has never had anything, there's gonna be issues there too. Not saying that's evil, but marriage is hard to keep going, period, much less if there's a beginning with a lot of differences. So verse 16, to keep thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth. Notice that phrase there, flattereth. And we'll define that in just a moment with her words. What does she do? Which forsaketh the guide of her youth. She won't follow. She won't obey. Won't obey her parents. And forgetteth the covenant of her God. She made some promises to God when she was young, but now she's just kind of forgot all about them. For her house inclineth to death and her paths unto the dead. None that go unto her return again. You hear that right there? Boy, that's pretty stern warning. You get the wrong woman or you marry the wrong man, you never come back the same. I mean, he says, he, he says they don't come back. And, and then he says, well, let's skip over here to uh, uh, chapter number seven. Chapter number seven. And we'll look at the end. A wrong relationship. How does this end up? Someone commits adultery. 
Someone cheats on their husband. Someone cheats on their wife. Uh, You marry someone that you're not supposed to be with. Uh, Notice how it ends up. Notice the description here. Proverbs 7, 22. He goeth after her. What's that mean? She's the leader. She's the leader in the relationship. He is following her. He will do anything it takes. He will obey her because he wants her. I was asked to do a wedding years ago and the fellow had been married twice and the girl had never been married. They were living together. They had a child together. Probably they should have been married. And uh, so, so they came to me and kind of surprised me. They said, Pastor, we want you to do our wedding. I said, well, let's sit down and talk. And I said, now, now what's going on? Well, uh, he's been married twice and, and I've never been married. And then she, she sprung this one. Um, and I'll just pick his name. This wasn't his name, uh, Steve Miller. And she said, I don't want to be the third Mrs. Steve Miller. So he will take on my last name. I said, I do what? And he was a bodybuilder. <laughs> I said, now let me get this right. So you just don't want to have like the third last name because he'd been married twice before. You don't want to take on his last. No, he will have my last name. She wasn't asking. She was telling him. So I didn't, it looked like it was the Titanic from the beginning. I mean, it was sinking from the beginning. I didn't want to have any part of it. And so I don't know if when they got married, she just stuck a ring in his nose with a chain and started leading him or if they put the rings on the fingers. I don't know. But she led the home. You will never meet a wife that is happy if she's leading the home. That's not what she was made to do. God, uh, uh, God made Adam and Eve. He could have picked the woman to, to uh, uh, lead the home, but he picked the man. Not because he was smarter, but one has to lead. You can't have two chiefs. You have to have one chief, one Indian. And I don't even know if that's legal to say. Okay. So, but notice in verse 22, 722, he goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter. You're not going to believe this story. Let me tell you. Abraham Lincoln, I'm such a Lincoln fan. I read all his biographies. And Abraham Lincoln was called the most homeliest man. So men, there's hope for all of us. I mean, if, if Lincoln was the most homeliest, there's, there, there's hope for us. His ears stuck out like taxi cab doors. His clothes hung on him. His hair was always messed up. His face was withdrawn even when he was young. He found a woman that wanted to marry him, Mary Todd. He called her Molly. And all of a sudden, you know, they're courting and he's sitting in the parlor at their house with her and this and that. And all of a sudden they announced, we're getting married today. So they went down, found an Episcopalian priest to do the wedding. They just threw it all together. I mean, it was a, they decided that morning they got married that night. Lincoln was putting on this, this suit, his Sunday best. 
And a family dropped by to help him iron it. It kind of looked good for the wedding. And there was a little boy there. He said, Mr. Lincoln, you sure are dressed up fancy. Where are you going? I mean, he was nervous and he didn't even know if he loved the girl really. I mean, she was a, this may be a cuss word, so I'm not going to say it. But, but she, she had relatives in hell. Put it that way. It seemed like. I mean, this woman, she was fiery. The little boy said, Mr. Lincoln, where are you going? Here's what Lincoln said. I think I'm going to hell. As he began walking the six blocks to his wedding. I think he felt he was making a mistake as he was heading there. No, he didn't change his mind. Just several pictures and wait, wait for me to uh, maybe dim the lights here if you can. So we have these cows that are being fattened up for the slaughterhouse. They will be in this pasture setting for 200 days. They'll weigh 600 pounds when they get there. They'll gain three pounds per day. We don't even have people gain that much on the cruise. And uh, so three pounds a day. In 200 days, they've gained 600 pounds. They are fattened up for one reason. They're going to be slaughtered. So it's very peaceful. They're enjoying their time. The 200 days pass quickly. Then at the end of the 200 days, they're calmly brought into this, these alleys and they're having a great time. It's calm. None of them are mooing. None of them are bellowing out. They're heading to the slaughterhouse. The largest one in America slaughters 5,400 head of cows a day. 5,400, 140 truckloads arrive every day. Now, right now at this time, they're just following the other ones. Everything's calm. You know, you could sing that song, all is calm, all is dark. And so they're just, they're just going. Then the next picture, they're now individually in a chute. And one of the people that was interviewed said this, to make sure they don't get nervous and fearful, we'll whisper in their ears. Right before they shoot them in the head. Oftentimes, the shot in the head is to knock them out. Then they strain them up. They bleed them out. We just whisper in their ears to keep them calm. Then what we all love, there we go. There's steak. There's, there's Don Perico's in a week. Don per, uh, 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 beef taco. I mean, there it is right there. Okay, can you go back to the first picture? Is that too hard to do? Okay, here we go. All right, now, from there, okay, Paul, all the way to the last picture, to there, it's two hours. Calm, 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 calm. This is great. Man, someone's feeding me. Someone's whispering in my ear. 
I don't feel anything but good about this. This, if it's so wrong, how could it feel so good? And that's God's description as an ox to the slaughter. That's God's comparison of adultery, fornication, an affair, ended up with the wrong mate. He says, that's how it ends. I don't think any of those cows would have been happy if they'd have seen the last picture and said, that's our goal for you. I think they'd tried to escape. Thank you very much. I know that's morbid, but we want to make sure you saw that before you ate after the service. And so that way we'd all be on a diet or something. So it's interesting. In the book of Proverbs, there's 31 chapters. Almost three entire chapters deal with immorality. Almost three chapters. 10%. Why would 10% of the wise book deal with that? Because if you mess up in that area, it's devastating. It's not saying someone cannot get forgiveness, but there will always be a scar. There will always be a blot. There will always be a memory. There'll always be a doubt. There'll always be a trust issue. It's difficult. So we see in your notes here, let's just run here, uh, uh, right there. It says Solomon is teaching his son about relationships. And then we see this, this uh, quote. He says in Proverbs 23, 26, So Solomon is teaching his son all these key things, business, uh, work ethic, uh, relationship with parents, uh, love to God. And then he says in 23, 26, my son, give me thine heart. So two thirds through Proverbs, Solomon just stops and says, hey, son, hey, 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 look, I can teach you about everything in life. But when it comes to girls or when it comes to the opposite gender, I can't teach you a thing. You're going to have to trust me. Give me your heart. Let me help guide you. It's like landmines. You're not going to have any sense. You're not going to think straight. Uh, It's going to be the wrong season in your life. Uh, uh, Let us help you so you don't end up in the slaughterhouse. That's what he's saying there. Uh, As I think of uh, the cow in the slaughterhouse, I think of Samson. You remember? Strongest man that ever lived. The girls were just attracted to him. He was the signing autographs and uh, that sort of thing. He spots a woman from the Philistines, but somehow she's stronger than him. And soon, oh, Samson, she's putting him to sleep on her lap and whispering in his ear. And the whole time she didn't know that gun was getting put to his head and the dart was about to go into him. He was about to go out. Why? Because he didn't listen to his dad and his mom. He said, get her for me to wife. And we could go on and on. Let's look at some of the highlights here. Here's the definition for strange. If you want to just jot some of these down. Strange means foreign, not supposed to, possess. So that'd be someone unsaved, unequally yoked, undedicated, someone else's mate. It's interesting. The last statistic on marriage I read about Napa is this. Seven out of 10 end up in divorce. If you get married in the county of Napa, you have seven chances out of 10 not to make it. Someone says, why do you think that is? I can't say for sure. Is it the curse of wine? Because of the wine god, Bacchus, who rules our 360 winery? Is it, is, is it maybe that curse? 
Uh, is it maybe a lack of practical preaching churches that teach the Bible? Maybe it's a lot of tradition, stand and kneel and stand and kneel, and they're just not teaching much. I don't know, but seven out of 10, seven out of 10. So let's look in chapter five for a moment. Let's just look at some of these highlights, if you will. We see right here, looking down in verse number three, for the lips of a strange woman drop as in a honeycomb. Let me say to the ladies here tonight, make sure what comes out of your lips is more important than what you put on your lips. Amen. So let there be kindness and sweetness and, and kind words and wisdom coming out of the lips. Uh, so lips, what's he saying? Don't just be attracted by their lips be attracted by their spirit and their personality. Look at verse four, five, four. But her end is bitter as wormwood. The end is bitter. You get the wrong one, it's bitter. It's bitter financially. It's bitter emotionally. It's terrible. And then we see, here's how uh, God describes her. Verse five, her feet go down to death. She'll bring you down uh, or he'll bring you down. Uh, her steps take hold on hell. And that's pretty... Pretty straightforward uh, teaching. Death and hell describe her path. And then look in 5, 7, if you would. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children. Depart not from the words of my mouth. Verse 13. And have not, he says, I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined mine ear to them that instruct me. So where does it all begin? Not listening. Not listening. Well, so-and-so messed their life up. They committed fornication. They had an affair. They committed adultery. Where's all that start? They didn't listen. They didn't listen. I don't know how many times I've had people in my office sit down and say, I wish I'd have listened. I didn't listen. I knew I heard, heard it from my parents, heard it from sermons, heard it in my youth conferences, but I never listened. And sometimes that's, I thought I'd be the exception. It's going to happen to everybody else. It's not going to happen to me. And then we see a little further here. Now, what's God say about the wrong one? The, just want to say it to the young people tonight. If your mom and dad say they're the wrong one, just cut it off. You would do well. Cut it off. Don't argue with mom and dad. Don't try to. Uh, just if you see something you don't like, I'll cut it off. So five in verse number eight, here's what Solomon said to his son, who's going to be the king. Remove thy way far from her. Come not nigh the door of her house. So he's saying, son, you'll be real wise. If her parents aren't home, don't go to her house. If she's home alone in her apartment, don't go to her apartment. You may be wise if, if there's no one else in the car, maybe not even to ride in the car alone. He said, remove thy way far from her. So how do we stay away from the wrong opposite gender? Not just fi uh, physically, but on television. You cannot be watching television and movies that have bedroom scene, bedroom scene, nakedness, nakedness, passionate kissing, taking the clothes off, everything short of fornication. You can't be watching all that on the internet, on movies, on YouTube, on Netflix, and, and movies or porn sites. You cannot watch all that stuff and turn out to be a virgin and walk down the aisle white. It's not gonna happen. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Chapter five, verse eight, remove that way far from her. Verse number nine, you say, well, what if you don't? Here's what happens. 
lest thou give thine honor to others and thy years to the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth and thy labors in the house of a stranger. What's he saying there? He's saying, if we can't control our uh, emotions and hormones as a young person, as a young adult, who's to say once we put the ring on that keeps us faithful to our mate? Because if you're not faithful to your mate, here's how it goes down. You divorce, they get half your stuff. So that's half the house, half the retirement, half your banking account, plus the lawyer gets his cut. And then you see people riding around with your mate because they find someone else. Now they found their soulmate. By the way, soulmate, soul is at the, under, it's at the bottom of your shoe. So sometimes that soulmate, anyway, just a new interpretation. So what happens soon you see that mate riding around with people you don't even know, strangers, and you're paying their car payment. You're paying their house payment. You're paying all those things. It's, a, it's just a terrible thing. And then let's notice a little further, verse five, uh, uh, chapter five, verse 11. And thou mourneth the last. Better to cry because you want to date somebody, but you shouldn't, than to date that person and cry the rest of your life Amen. later. Cry now or cry later. And parents, sometimes you're going to hear your kids. You're going to say, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. We're not going there. No, 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 no. Not them. Uh-uh. Not approved. No, 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 no. We see some. No, no. Oh, we're not doing it. Better to hear them cry now than you cry later. It's never convenient to do right. So let's go just a little further here. Uh, notice uh, chapter 5, verse 21. He says, the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. God sees what we watch. He sees what we do. He sees what we do in private. God sees it. Let's get down to chapter six. Let's look at these these highlights here. The evil woman again, it's called flattery. Chapter six and verse number 24. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Here in your notes, what is flattery? It's excessive praise for self-interest. I'm bragging on you for what I'm going to get out of you. Flattery is not honest praise. It's buttering someone up. Oh, I've never seen anybody with as many muscles as you. Are you blind? Oh, I've never been around anyone as smart as you. Did you ever go to junior high school? They're flattering. They're saying these things. Maybe they work with you. Maybe they're a neighbor. Maybe they're a distant relative. But someone's saying all these things that at home your husband doesn't say or your wife doesn't say. Now you feel real good being around them. You better watch that. She flattereth. And then we see in chapter 6, verse 25. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart. If all she has to catch you with, girls, if all you have to catch him with is your physical body, you're not going to keep him. The body changes after time. Any ladies give me an amen to that one? (laughs) You probably don't look like you did when you were 15. And we men, we just always look muscular. Just, just. 
We men are growing in the Lord this way. (laughs) Oh, she's so beautiful. And I understand. They'll always look beautiful in your sight, and they should. But if that's all she's got and no personality, and she doesn't love the Lord, it's not going to last. She'll be chasing you around with that frying pan. You won't even get a chance to look at her. Notice, he keeps going a little bit further. Here's what happens when a man is immoral, ends up with the wrong woman. Verse 26, 626, for by means of a whorish woman, she's immoral. A man is brought to a piece of bread. What's that mean? In the Bible days, anytime you went to someone's house, they would have water available and bread. So as soon as you came in, they didn't have to get you anything. As soon as you sat down, you knew you could pour some water and there was bread. It was called common bread. Nothing special. It's just bread sitting on the table all day. When a man is immoral, he's no longer special. God says he's brought to a piece of bread. He's just common now. He's like anybody else. Young people, if you're pure right now and if you're a virgin, that is something special and that is something you want to protect until you get married. It sounds old-fashioned, but let's find out how it's working in the world. How are they doing out there? I kind of predict this, and I may not be right on this. Taylor Swift and Kelsey are not going to be a match made in heaven that lasts for 40 years. They're not having a 50-year marriage. She has already forbid him to go to strip joints. She's already said, you cannot go anymore. To, well, what kind of guy ought to be going to strip joints? But she's forbidding. So I guess he'll just stick with her. What a mess. What a mess. She's a billionaire. He's just barely a millionaire. That's going to be great. Honey, I'm taking over the finances now. I'm the football player. Uh, no, you're not. Okay, so let's just see how that goes. And I'm not even going to listen to my Taylor Swift albums all week. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to hold myself back. And so here we go, a little bit further back. Notice what she does. 626, it says, for, uh, uh, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. She's in pursuit. And here's how it kind of is supposed to go, and it sounds old-fashioned. A long time ago, the guy pursued the girl. But here, the immoral strange woman is pursuing the guy. Hi, what's your name? I've been looking for you. What's your name again? Yeah, I've been looking for you. We're soulmates. Pursuit. Now, I want to say to the men, if you love the Lord with all your heart, there's a target on you. Satan and the demons of hell would love to bring you down Shame the name of Christ. Mess up your kids' lives so they have to choose mom or dad. Who are we going to live with? And just just an atomic bomb hits your family. He hates you. You young men that want to serve God, you feel like God's call is upon your life. Satan's got... He's got that sight on you and he's, gonna, he's just waiting for the moment. The wrong person, the wrong temptation. This show, this porn. Uh, just, uh, he's, he's ready. So let's keep going here. We must hasten. Look down at 627. 627. Notice how it all turns out. 
Hollywood paints, oh, it's, it's so special to be in someone else's arms. And if you're not married, if it feels good, it's okay. God says in verse 27, can man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? In other words, can you hug fire and not be burned? Can one walk or go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? Immorality burns you. I think of Jerome Serrano in the hospital. He's in the burn unit right now. If you saw him, he would not be very attractive at all. He has no eyelashes to blink anymore. He he, he can't blink in his eyes. Uh, They were burned off. It's just nothing but scars on him. God says, that's how it's going to be if you cheat on your mate. You'll be burned. And then look down a little further. He says, uh, where do you draw the line? Uh, Verse 29, he that goeth unto his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. What he's saying is keep your hands off. Ladies, be careful when you greet people. You don't want to be rubbing someone's hand. Shake their hand. Let it go. You don't want to be in people's personal space. You don't want to be so close to others that you're two inches away when you're talking to them. Give them some distance. Okay, that's old fashioned. We'll we'll talk about that some other time. Notice a little further down here uh, in chapter 6, verse 33. 6, verse 33. A wound and dishonor shall he get and his reproach shall not be wiped away. Verse 34. For jealousy is the rage of a man. There was a man years ago I was talking to. He lived in Louisiana. Him and his wife were having some issues. He drove a cement truck and one day came home from work early to find a brand new car with the windows down parked in front of his house that belonged to a man who was visiting his wife. He pulled up, he recognized the car, he knew whose car that was. He backed his cement truck up, put the flap down, filled the car with cement. You ever hear that gospel song? Fill my car, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. He just filled it, drove off, never mentioned it to his wife. She never mentioned it to him. I wonder what that guy told his wife. How did you end up with a car filled with cement? How did this happen? Jealousy. A lot of times it's a death. You get caught cheating and the other person's not going to be a Christian and forgive and forget. And uh, Like Jonathan preached on two weeks in a row. and uh, They're going to keep score. And Let's look down in chapter 7 here. All this fits together. It's, it's a great warning for all of us. I was speaking to someone recently. The lady is 75. Old keeps going older. Have y'all noticed? 50 was old when you hit 50. No, no, 65 is old. She's 75. She's a widow. She was talking to one of her sons and she said, hey, um, if I ever met the right guy, what do, you, what do you think about me dating? Sure, mom, that's fine. Then she said, so what rules would apply to me? I'm 75. He said, same rules for everybody. Same rules for teenagers, same rules for 75-year-olds. 
75-year-olds still have hormones. 75-year-olds. Okay, I just thought I'd ask. Look down, please, in chapter 7 for a moment. Chapter 7. We're almost out of time. If you're listening online, we got about seven minutes. Here we go. Chapter 7 and verse number 1. So what prevents us from immorality? God's word. My son, keep my words. Lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live. And my law is the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers. Kind of like Loretta showed us. Write them on the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister. And call understanding my kinsman. Why? That they may keep thee from the strange woman. So you have two sets of rules. You have God's rules and your parents' rules. Anytime someone's immoral, they've broken God's commands and usually their parents' wishes. So what's he say a little bit further here? Look down in chapter 6, 7 and verse 6, 7 and verse 6. Solomon says, For at the window of my house I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. Stop here. So I'm thinking of someone. I'm thinking of someone in our church right now. Not going to name the person. It was a lady. And so, husband gone. She's older, probably in her 70s. Lonely. So she met someone online. I hear this all the time. I met someone online. So how'd you find it? Lonelychristian.com. Christians.com. Uh, pairs and spares looking for, it. I mean, I mean, what do you, I mean, here's the profile. Here's my picture. Here's what it will look like. Here's my, so maybe that's how you do it these days. But all I know is this. She sent a picture and he said, how beautiful. How sweet. You're a Christian. Oh, I am too. And what church do you go to? Oh, I do too. And you know the Bible? Oh, I do too. Hours. Then here it comes. I would like to meet you. But my car's broke down. I need $5,000 to fix my car. I'm about to be homeless. I need someone to pay. I think he got about $35,000 out of her. See, we think this loneliness and the evil man and the evil woman is just for the 15-year-old teenager. It's for all of us. So let's see how it ends up and we've got to go. The simple He said, I saw the simple, verse 7. Behold, among the simple ones, I discern among the youth. So this is a young person. A young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner. That's where she hung out. She was idle. Hey, where do you find so-and-so? Oh, they'll just be hanging out on the street. Fellas, you want to marry a busy girl that's got a schedule and something to do. Not someone who's just hanging out, nothing to do. And he went the way, uh-oh, here it is, to her house. Two places, off times, where people mess up morally. The person's house, the person's car. 
Parents, if you ever have someone over visiting your daughter, your son, when you go to bed, they leave. Oh, we're going to bed. Time to hit the road, Jack. All right, there's your car. Get out of here. When we leave the room, you're leaving the room. Oh, you don't trust them, huh? Yeah, about as far as I can throw a rhinoceros. Flesh is flesh. That sounds old-fashioned. How are you going to know if you love the person unless you live with them and has five or six kids together? Yeah, okay. And so let's keep going. So he's simple. She's idle. Don't go home. And then look at this one. In, in, in uh, 7, 9. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. Midnight. Here's how it kind of goes. The later it gets, the lower our resistance to temptation is. I'm sure no one in this room's ever been to a nightclub. I'm sure no one's ever been to a rock concert. But it seems like when you walk in, they dim the lights. It's like, oh, man, I can't even see. You know why? Because the floor is filthy. People have thrown up. And there's drug paraphernalia. I mean, it's filthy. You turn down the lights, you almost think God doesn't even see. So here's this youth. He's out. It's midnight. Hey, go home. You're working late hours. You work 3 to 11. Go straight home. When you, uh, uh, don't stop by the bar. Don't stop by the nightclub. Uh, don't stop by some pool hall. Go home. That's why we've never had slumber parties when we have teen activity. Well, the girls want a slumber party and stay up all night. Here's what happens. They stay up all night. They start talking about things. Then they start talking about people. Then they start talking about things they shouldn't. Then they start texting people. It's it's too much idleness. Go to bed. Well, I'm just a night owl. Okay. Okay. I got it. Verse 11. She's loud, stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Verse 12, now she's without, now in the streets, laughed and waited every corner. She's everywhere. Verse 13, so she caught him. She finally caught him. She had been after him a long time. She seduced him. She finally, he is now hers. And kissed him. So here's how it kind of goes. If you don't want to be immoral, you have to guard the steps. You have to decide, where am I stopping? Okay, we're alone. We're touching. We're kissing. We're touching each other. We're immoral. If you don't want to arrive at the destination of immorality, you're going to have to decide how far away are you going to draw the line. We all have lines somewhere. And so this this youth ends up at her house. Notice what she says. Verse 15, Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently, to seek thy face, oh, just to see you. And I found thee. I have, now notice how personal she gets right away. Verse 16, I have decked my bed. Now she's talking about her bedroom. Verse 19, For the good men, uh, uh, my parents aren't home. He's on a long journey. Verse 21, with her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. Now that would go both ways. Almost every affair the last 20 years in America it started with some type of a device, a text. Have a good day. Little emoji with a wink. <laughs> Wonder what that meant. 
Have a great day. Little emoji. Lipstick. Lips or something. Oh, okay. So, so they're wondering, are they going to take the bait? Are they going to take the bait? Is the, is, is the cow eating? Is he eating what's in the trough? I mean, we're feeding him. Is he, is he eating it? Come here, big boy. Now he's walking through the, well, I like this. Come here. We got plans. Put your head through this chute. Boom. Dead meat. None of the cows have names. You know, they don't name them. We're slaughtering 5,400 cows today. What's this one? Hey, it's just a cow. That one's brown and black. That one's black and black. And that's brown and brown. That's white and brown. It it doesn't matter. They're they're steaks. So how's that happen? Too much talk. If you're married, ladies, limit your talk to other men. Not a sin to talk to a man. Limit it. You shouldn't be talking a whole lot to someone that's not your husband. Because pretty soon you're going to say something you shouldn't. Then there's going to be a little connection there. Be careful with her much fair speech. And then there's the slaughter. Verse number 25 will end with this. Be careful about emotional affairs. Well, I never touched them. I never said anything. I never texted anything inappropriate. But how was your heart? Were they in your thoughts all the time? Was it an emotional adultery? Verse 25, let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. How come? For she hath cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. So what's all that mean? You have to say no to all the wrong ones so you can say yes to the right one. And you get the right one and you're the rare one. But you'll be glad. Young people, they're worth the wait. You're not an old maid if you're 30 and single. You're not an old maid if you're 40 and single. You just wait on God's timing. The Bible says no good thing will he withhold from him that walketh uprightly. Let's wait. Let's take the warnings here in these chapters, three chapters, 10% of the book of Proverbs. Be careful. Guard your kids. Guard your kids' devices. Guard what goes in their mind. Be careful. Be careful. 